1: My hair, sweet smoke flying through the air. It's the way I feel. smoking
0: on Hey, everybody, it is time for not just blowing smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shops Studio Headquarters wow. in rainy, cold snowy, slushy, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I am Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my fellow co-hosts, Pat, Paul, but where is Dave? (laughs) Go on.
2: Dave's not here. Let us
0: see if we can rub the magic 724 picture. And see if Dave appears. Oh, there I am. There you thank are, you. Dave. How thank are you. you? Good. It's How great to see you, Dave.
3: Good to see you, too. <laughs> I feel for- like I'm back oh. on Zoom or some
0: mm. other PBS show from my youth. There we go. It's nice to see you up there, Dave. Oh, thank you, Dan. Good to see you, too. I feel like Ernie talking to Bert. Hey, Bert. <laughs> and... Um, Tonight, uh, we are smoking something old and something new. And the something old is the tin that Pat is still looking at. (laughs) Just can't stop looking at things. And this is Penny Farthing by GLPs. This came out right about two years ago. It came out in February uh, uh, two years ago. And um, we had Mark Mormar, who at the time was. Uh, that was his first time on the podcast with us. He was with uh, Laudisi at the time. He's uh, pursued other avenues since then. But, um, you know, a lot of times, you, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but sometimes when a, when a cigar or a pipe tobacco comes out, the first time you have it, it's really good. And the first batch or the second, you know, shipment you get is really good. But then slowly over time things change because, you know, tobacco changes, crops change, and frankly, it's really hard to keep something tasting the same or tasting just as good um, year after year after year after year. It takes a lot of talent to do that. And so we thought we would take a look back at this tobacco and um, see if it still lives up to our expectations. Now, Dave and Paul and I were all there on that initial show two years ago uh pat um was still in his ruse back then <laughs> so this is his first time with um penny farthing and his first time uh smoking it with us um but uh you know we want to see if this is a tobacco that after two years of being out is it what we remember is it as good as we remember is this still something that we can recommend that's uh kind of the point of this segment here and um, penny farthing let me read you what it says off the tin Um, penny farthing is a shag cut blend of bright and red virginia's spiced with Louisiana Perique and a hint of fire cured dark Kentucky it's easy to pack easy to smoke sipped gently penny farthing opens with a sophisticated sweetness evolving in depth and complexity throughout the bowl to a rich, satisfying finish. That certainly lived up to what we did the first time. Um, It's manufactured, as all GLP's blends are, by Cornell and Deal for him. Uh, It's basically a Virginia Perique blend. Uh, Kentucky Perique, Virginia, no flavorings, and it is a shag cut. What does that mean? It's really, really fine shortcut ribbon in this case uh one thirty second of an inch if i remember correctly <clears throat> and because it's so fine it is easy to pack and easy to light um one of the tobaccos that i have been smoking like it's crack lately is uh, uh, a hogarth's dark bird's eye that's also a shag not as shortcut as this as in the pieces are a lot longer in dark, fire conduct- in, in dark bird's eye, but uh, it's still that same really thin 32nd of an inch kind of a shag. Um, and I love it because it is so easy to pack and light. It's a real quick thing. And um, Paul, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're pairing with it tonight?
2: So tonight we are going to take you down a different path, <laughs> if I can say that. Uh, we are having, Heats Major Dickinson Doc Roast Coffee. Mm. Now, you may think what's so different about this? Pat, what is that bottle?
1: Old Forester, or proof. What was it? what was that? <coughs> the Old Forester is single barrel, barrel strength.
2: Correct, at mm. 129 ABV. Yep. So we decided to do a generous top-off of the Old Forester into the coffee. Yes. And uh That's what's making it different tonight. Mm. Uh, We thought maybe we might do something, uh, maybe a Bailey's or maybe a uh, Jameson Cold Brew. We've already done that in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. So since we wanted to go a little bit more full approved tonight, this is what we're doing, folks. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, this is the first time I've actually had that type of strength bourbon in coffee. And I think... It's pretty good. We right? actually, think, I think we hit uh, not necessarily a home run, but we certainly hit a, a, a triple uh, with this one. Certainly triple. <laughs> yeah, there you this go. Is, this mean, is this t- is interesting. It's really good.
0: You know, this was uh, you know an idea that I had. You know, and and uh, you know, oh, usually um, you put you know you know your Irish coffee. You can put a Jameson's in there or mm-hmm. something, and and. Um, but I remembered we had this stuff, and I said, "Is it is it uncouth to put uncouth Forster into coffee?"
2: We're starting a trend tonight,
0: and so we might be starting a trend. This yeah. is actually this is actually pretty good, mm. and we all put varying amounts of the stuff into our coffee. Paul was, I think, a little bit more intrepid, you know. Well, uh, you know how much uh, I
2: love coffee, and I love Pete's. Mm-hmm. and I do love the Major Major Dickinson's blend. Um, so generally, and, and anyone who's been watching the podcast and all of you know, I love my coffee black. Mm-hmm. Never do I really put anything in there, including sambuca and any type of Baileys or whatever have you. But um, I, when you talked about the Old Forester, I said we got to try that, and I'm glad we did because it's this, actually, this, pretty this is actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. It really is. I'm
0: impressed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, what do we think of the tobacco? First, first impressions and first impressions of the pairing here with the major dickinson's coffee and old forester
2: well i gotta tell you that it's been it has been two years since i've had the pe- uh, penny farthing mm. and uh i remember that episode and i remember that being a, a one of our favorite tobaccos that year um Correct. so and having relighted it up that this morning to get my palate familiar with it mm. um and again tonight uh i got a lot of nice deep fruit mm-hmm. it's tangy it's mm-hmm. citrus a little bit of smoke wood um, nice, generous spice in the retro mm-hmm. Um With the, uh, how do we what, do? We want to give us a name.
0: <laughs> the old forester major Dick major Dick. <laughs> <Major>, the old <laughs> old major Dick coffee. <laughs>
2: with the pairing, <laughs> it's uh it. I think it's bringing out a lot more of the spice for me, mm. and it's lingering on my palate. Mm-hmm. I'm at the, I think it's actually, it's a tingling spice on my palate. It, it actually has <laughs> a tingling really, spice on your palate, does. Paul. Yes, it <laughs> is. Um, I think it's bringing a lot more of that, that, that spice uh, from the Perique. And uh, it still has a little bit of the, of the fruit notes, still the tang. But the spice notes are definitely coming forward more. Than spice the, and wood yes, are coming forward. Correct. The woody notes yes. are coming spice forward for me. Spice and wood. Uh-huh.
0: And that smokiness, though, from the dark-fired Kentucky, that's still there. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Pat?
1: So right off the light, which I think your description mentioned that it opens up with like this kind of sweetness. Or, mm-hmm. So it kind of gave me... Like, that caramel from, like, a candy apple. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the flavor I got right off, like, the first, I'd say, quarter of an inch. And then that's where the spice and the pre started kicking How in. How very
0: Barry Stein of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it just reminded me I was at a fair, you know. I was at the Duke for a Fair for a little bit. That sounds fair. But um, and <laughs> the drink, I basically concur with Paul. It has, like, that nice, like, musty tobacco, that stone mm. fruit, nice woody notes. But I think the drink is bringing out like more of like a black pepper that's lingering on the finish, which right. I haven't had a black pepper and a pipe tobacco yet. So that's really interesting to me, especially because it opened up so sweet and yeah. then transmitting yeah. that that.
0: De- the coffee is definitely accenting the Perique and putting the Virginia a little bit in the back. Mm-hmm. It still get those wood notes and and some of that sweetness and fruity sweetness is still there, but it's, it's definitely much more in the back than if you were just having it by itself.
2: Do you think the coffee is doing that, or do you think the Old Forester is pulling that out?
0: You know, I I, I honestly don't know.
2: That's going to be the biggest mystery tonight. That's because, going to be the big mystery, because it's know.
0: both working together. I yeah. mean, the, the coffee in itself has this really deep, kind of rich sweetness to it. Right. And so I think that's overshadowing a lot of the, the stewed fruit kind of sweetness that you get from the Virginias in this blend. But, uh, you know the old Forster, uh barrel strength is nothing to sneeze at. No, either. No. And even when it's diluted in coffee, it is yeah. definitely there. It's there And that, you know, I mean, I know I topped off my, my cup here, but it still was not anywhere near like a, a full pour of, of anything. And, and it is very noticeable that mm-hmm. this is not just coffee.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh yes.
0: <laughs> Dave, do you have anything you want to add to that?
3: No, I basically Do You have anything a...
0: you want to add to that, Dave?
3: <laughs> no, no, Dan. No. I concur with, with everybody the the spice is really prevalent on my uh, my palate. Um, yeah, nice mouthfeel.
0: Yeah. Thank, um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Hey now. You hey, know. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. What makes coffee such a great pairing with tobacco I I think and maybe I should go back and and state that not as a question but as a fact I really think coffee goes with just about any kind of tobacco product Mm -hmm. whether it's a, a cigar or a pipe you can never go wrong with a cup of coffee now you know there are some that will go better with a cup of coffee with cream, some that will go better if it's a little sweeter, some will go better if it's black. But on the whole, tobacco and coffee just are it's a very natural pairing. Why do you guys agree with that? I, yeah, guess, I think it's first I think it's
3: um, a, like a, a good contrasting pairing because typically the cigars are more alkaline and uh, coffee is acidic. Uh, and I think it, um, coffee you have a, like a lot of earth and uh, um, wood tones with it and I think that automatically comp, you know uh, complements a lot of cigars because almost every cigar has some kind of wood or some kind of you know um, coffee taste to it at some point some kind of an espresso level or, or something you uh, know? that
0: is, that is a very interesting thing that both sides of that complementary and contrasting that you know coffee, does tend to be more acidic, and the smoke from cigars and pipe tobacco tends to be more alkaline. Um, So, you know, there is that contrasting, too. Um, Paul, what do you think?
2: Uh, It depends on the cigar you're smoking. Now, you you all know, and if you've been watching the podcast for the last, well, actually since we started, um, you know what my favorite cigar is to have with a black cup of coffee, and that is the Chateau Connecticut Broadleaf cigar. Mm. Um, And I think that's a very complimentary pairing because Mm -hmm. it does help to enhance a lot of the cocoa and sweet flavors uh, from that cigar. And I get that without anything. If you're just going to have a cigar on its own, you get those notes, but it helps to bring forth even more of those notes to me. And uh, so I'm saying it is a more complimentary pairing with that specific cigar. If Dave, you may be right. With other cigars that might not have those types of flavors, mm-hmm. so it may you may actually help to pull out certain flavors out of a cigar that you wouldn't get on its own, uh, and that's what helped to make it contrasting. But um, I think it just depends on what you're smoking.
0: What do you think, Pat?
1: Yeah, I think since coffee has like that sick base, it just naturally pairs well with cigars. And I mean, if you're a big like coffee snob, there's different kinds of coffee blends, especially if you go to a like a real coffee shop that has real espresso, so you can kind of experiment with different blends and then different cigars match different ones. You know, some coffees have like that sweetness, some have that those earthy notes. Um, da- uh, Dave was talking about, so it's all based on. Yeah, I think it's just more of a. How do explain? It, but it's.
0: Generally speaking, though, it it it's a great pairing to have. Yeah, uh, I haven't absolutely. had any
1: cigars that have not paired well with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So. If that's true, and I, I know coffee is one of my favorite things a pair of cigars. I know that's yours. You've you've said that to me before, privately, Pat. Mm-hmm. I know that's your case too. Yep. Would Would you concur with that, Dave? Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Dave, you sound you sound uh, unsure mm-hmm. of yourself, Dave. No, no, I think I think coffee is a great pairing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Same. Um hmm You like coffee, Dave? I love coffee. Okay. So the next question here is what are some of your favorite coffee blends? Or what are some of your favorite coffee shops? Where do you like to go get coffee? Mm. So those are the questions, Pat.
1: So usually my daily cup is gonna be Nespresso. A Nespresso? Nespresso. Mm-hmm. And they have a Inten- uh, Intensio blend, and that's like their oh, fuller-bodied man. blend. I enjoy having that, but the
2: Green Pod—that's that's, that's uh, no, it's the, the that's the Brown Pod. The Brown Pod. Stormio is. Oh, that Stormio is the green. Oh, Stormio
0: is the green. The brown is the Intenso. Yep. Yep. So that, that's You're like right.
1: my daily cup, but I mean the Espresso that we've been experimenting with at Twins has been really good as well. So yeah. when that comes out to the shelf, I'm
0: yeah. very excited. We've uh, you know we've we've had this espresso uh making monstrosity up at the bar for the last several months and what we you know for those of you who are wondering what that big metal thing is on the corner that's that's what it is not Uh, a hot dog machine it's not a hot dog machine it's a it's an espresso machine but um you know it, it takes time to we've been taking a lot of time to figure out what coffee blend we want to use with it and um we have made those decisions now. So in the next few weeks, you're going to see that, uh, come out. And it's, I think it, it is going to add a whole other level to the bar. You know, not only can you make all sorts of drinks, like what we're having tonight. Um, but people who just want a good coffee, you know, whether it be an espresso or a cappuccino or, uh, an Americano, um, or a latte, they're going to be able to get that. And the coffee is tremendous that we ended up going with. I'm very, very excited about it. So be looking for that uh, in the next couple of weeks.
2: Be looking for Pat to be working behind that espresso machine. Full time. Full time. Yep. College is going
0: to go into a part-time position. The barista Pat. Pat becomes Patty B. (laughs) <laughs> Patty B the barista.
2: <laughs> you're really excited about it too. I think you're really I mean I'm, I was excited when it first came in and you know now I'm just waiting for the whole thing to take shape but you really are excited to get the thing up and running.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's fun. I, I, mean, wanna, it will I be want to You better be able to put like little leafs
3: in my the top
2: of my I can cane. do a
1: heart. That's it. I can do a heart. I haven't had lessons yet but I self-taught myself how to make a heart so.
0: Yeah.
2: With the with the frother.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Yep.
0: Very good. What are some of your favorite blends that you use personally?
1: It's just dark roast. I mean,
0: dark roast. What dark roast? Market basket. Market Donuts.
1: Oh, it's it's an espresso, so it's whatever blend. I think. So it's... you
0: you do Nespresso. You don't actually brew the coffee. You get some fandangled machine, or you use somebody else's fandangled machine to make your fandangled coffee.
3: Yeah. I like mm-hmm. laughing, man. Yep. Laughing man, laughing coffee. man, coffee.
0: Where's what? What? <laughs> what?
2: Uh, what? Talk, laughing man? Yeah,
0: uh, never, never heard talk, of it. Talk about it was, that was, laughing was, man. Where was, is that?
3: It was blended by Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it's it's a really it's been my it's my favorite coffee to get. Australian right? coffee? I don't know if it's Australian, but I know that he blends it,
1: and it's like full bodied. You know, beautiful. Hugh Jackman
0: blends the coffee. Yes, or he just puts his name on. it.
1: I will say though, um Puente does have a coffee. I don't know for sure, but and it is really good.
2: And where did you get that? You
0: where'd can you get pull it that off. from.
2: Are you to order it online?
1: Yeah, they sell it online. It's like it goes towards a charity we were talking about a oh, few weeks yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: of course you would have tried it. it it's
1: good. Does, it does surprise I mean come me, on. You,
0: know? you didn't just pull that out of your opus? <laughs> <laughs> good. Mm-hmm.
3: We got to put that on the somewhere. What's the timestamp?
0: Do you guys have um, espresso at home? Do you have? Is the only place you drink espresso at work?
1: No, we, we. Oh, Pat. I drink it at least like three to five times a day.
0: It, are any of those times at your house, or are they only when you can get it at cost?
1: No, that's <laughs> when you know. But, um, no, at home, I drink more at home than I do at work. Like, at home, I'd say it's like three to five work. I do like one or two.
0: Okay. Do you have an espresso machine at home? Yep. Okay, and that's what you like? You like the. Uh, Intensio. Intensio.
1: They have like the the double espresso. I think it's called like the Oscuro. hmm. That's also really good as well. hmm.
0: Paul, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, we we have a uh, the original Nespresso machine that does make just does the small espresso mm-hmm. pods. Um, and yes, uh, we lately we've been getting into es- espresso. And <laughs> generally, what happens is, if I uh, if I don't make the coffee the night before, which you know seldom happens, but if I just don't happen to make it, and I have to make it when I get up at 5:30 in the morning, I know that's mm-hmm. a travesty for you guys. Oh. Um, I can't wait for the coffee maker to brew the pot. Stop yawning, Dave. So I will... will, so, So I then will pop a Nespresso pod into the espresso machine and like 10 seconds later I have a cup that will suffice until the pot of coffee is made um so yeah so you have espresso to so i have espresso first So wait for you to make your well, coffee just so, just so i can wait for the coffee to be I need made coffee to wait for my coffee <laughs> yeah. that seems to be my uh my daily ritual right now the pre-coffee coffee the pre-coffee yes we're pre-gaming <laughs> The pregame
0: um, espresso,
3: but
2: I don't have a coffee shop. I never go out for coffee. I make it at home, and I love anything from Pete's. Pete's mm. is my favorite coffee to have, um, mm. uh, and I and anything dark roast. The Major Dickinson, yeah, um, the the uh, the French roast is my all-time favorite. Um, you know, Nicole uh, only likes that because it's organic. So she won't drink the the other stuff. <laughs> at least she says she won't drink it. But ideally, the French roast is our favorite, and uh, that's that's the superb coffee.
0: Have you ever tried to just brew like Major Dickinson's and then just hand it to her?
2: Yeah, I have, and she's she'll drink it, but she's like you know she'll catch on pretty quick, and <laughs> here's the it's the French so roast. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, my and again, I don't drink it. As much, um, and actually, actually, I have not had this blend in a while, but I want to get back to it because um, we were having this discussion about coffee earlier. Is right. the Italian roast? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Italian roast, I drank that when I was working in Boston years ago. There's mm-hmm. a coffee shop back then um, at, at Cell Station because I was working on uh, Summer Street, and I would stop, get off the train, go into the Cell Station with a terminal where they had a lot of shops. Grab a cup of coffee, and I'd always get their Italian roast. I thought it was really, really good. Um, But Italian roast, I love it. It's got a nice, deep, robust flavor with a little bit of cherry. Now, the difference between French roast and Italian roast is Italian roast is roasted a little bit longer, extracts the oils out, so it's a little deeper, richer flavor. So it, it in, in some most cases it's usually the strongest blend mm. from any uh, purveyor out there.
0: So French Orange. roast is not as strong as Italian roast, generally it, speaking.
2: Generally speaking, it's it may just be a tick above. The Italian mm-hmm. roast may be just a tick above. Okay. In, in terms of intensity, but I love that. And again, and then you uh, before. Uh, Pete's, I was drinking a lot of Starbucks, and Starbucks mm-hmm. had a great espresso roast. Mm-hmm. They had Italian, they had French, and the espresso roast I thought was really, really good. Um, but anything dark roast, as long as it's got that nice, deep, rich flavor, mm-hmm. I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah,
0: I'm all for the dark, rich stuff too. Major yep. Dickinson's is, is one of my own favorite blends as well. I, I love a lot of Pete's stuff. Um, and frankly, you know, my, my wife, who typically likes lighter stuff <clears throat> she's not so thrilled with the major Dickinson's it's, it's a little too dark for her but she loved their holiday blend Pete's yeah. holiday blend this year yeah I, I think we went through three bags yeah. between the two of us that's such a as nice long as it was out yeah um, it was some really good stuff mm-hmm. we were both both drinking great and you know there's I don't know if you know the comedian the late
2: comedian uh, John Panette the name sounds familiar
0: um and in one of his um stand-up routines you know it it isn't a joke but he said you know there personally you know there are two things you never chintz on no matter how poor you may be you don't buy cheap toilet paper and you don't buy cheap coffee If you have good toilet paper and good coffee, you can get through anything. Mm -hmm. And when I heard him say that, I said, "You know, that's right." (laughs) And so I've always made sure I've had decent toilet paper, and even more importantly, that I had decent coffee. And so you know, I've I've really kind of tried to look for a really good, you know. And again, you know, I'm I'm still trying to get my wife to kind of step up to the Major Dickinson's level. You know, she needs about a quarter cup of sugar and eight and eight uh, ounces of cream to go into that for her to be able to take it. But um, I'm slowly making progress, I think. Slowly making progress.
2: Now, here's a question. Mm-hmm. We, we all like nice, deep, rich mm. coffee, dark roast. But how dark do you like it? Do you stick to what they suggest as far as the... the Teaspoon per every couple of cups, or do you like to go even darker?
0: I typically go darker. Yeah, me too. I typically go darker. I've, I've. I thought
3: it was like a tablespoon for cups.
0: I, I,
3: um, Depends
2: on the, on the pot, but.
0: I started, when I started drinking coffee, I had to have lots of cream and sugar. And the guy who was, who was getting me into coffee at the time, um, slowly kind of weaned me off that to the point where um now black you know the the, preferably the only addition i'd like to my coffee is some kind of uh whiskey (laughs) (laughs) but i i've you know there are exceptions you know a a good latte or a good good cappuccino i i enjoy the 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 milk that's in that but I, I really, if, it, if we're drinking straight coffee, I like it black. I like it black and I don't add sugar to it because I want to taste the coffee and I want to enjoy the coffee. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, that kind of came out, you know, again, this friend of mine who was getting me on this, he was a, a manager at Starbucks at the time, and um, he was, you know, told me that they have to drink the coffee black because they have to be able to taste the coffee as it is so they can describe what it is to customers that they're getting and once you add milk once you add sugar or some kind of sweetener to it it changes everything Mm. so you have to know what it tastes like and as somebody who you know i you know so when it comes to tobacco i totally understand because you know i you know, you, you can smoke a, a, um, a leather rose or an acid cigar or a tobacco or Tatiana or something that's flavored or sweetened with something, and that may be enjoyable to you, but you're you don't really you're not really able to speak to the deba- to the tobacco notes unless you're just smoking that, and since that's where I was at with cigars, really preferring the straight experience, I ended up going with the straight experience
2: with the coffee. Now in my house
0: <laughs> In my house I, the way we I, don't the, have the, the, sugar the, or cream in my
2: house The way I determine whether it's a really strong cup of co- coffee is if I cannot see through the glass. Alright. I can see through this. I can see through that. But I have
0: poured uh, some old forestry. Correct.
2: Yeah. So generally it, it would have to be like almost like mud. So it's
0: still pretty strong stuff to be honest. Almost like mud for me <laughs> mm-hmm. to have
2: like a really good I like coffee. really dark
0: coffee yeah yeah
2: I'm not afraid to Are you like, that of do like really
0: dark coffee Do you like the real mushy stuff that you
2: can see your reflection through? out of your eight cups a day
1: yeah I mean so I usually brew a cup of coffee and if I want to have a strong one which most of the time I do I have those like I have single and double espresso pods so then I'll just put that on top of like the intensio coffee to just get more of that body and strength into it yeah because mm. yeah. I mean I've had light roast before which isn't light roast more caffeine someone told me like the lighter the roast the more caffeine's in it
0: i wouldn't be surprised if that's
1: true. i think during the espresso lectures we had choosing a different coffee i think that's what was said to me so <laughs> fun fact but the lighter roasts i haven't really enjoyed that much i don't really know why it's just i like getting more of like those darker notes out of coffee not really those and i think light coffee's more acidic than me i don't know <laughs> so the darker the better for me
2: because, generally speaking, lighter roast coffee, you can't, it doesn't have a lot of flavor with it. You yeah, know, it's to like me watered it's, it's down. Water. It's yeah. water, it's basically yeah. water. Yeah. Kind of like, you know. Water. Dave,
0: where, where are you at with your coffee? Are you still a Dunkin', dude? Uh, I still have Dunkin',
3: but all I get is like, you know, some almond milk on it, and that's it. Like one
2: shot, mm-hmm. not a lot. One shot, not a lot. One shot,
0: not a lot. Yep, just a little almond milk. Mm. Mm-hmm. mmm. I still need my little bit of cream, but
3: majority of the time I I, uh, I use my Keurig at home, mm-hmm. so and mm. I'll use a rich French roast that I can get from uh, the Laughing
2: Walmart. the Laughing Man.
0: See, it's funny in, in the winter time, you know, my wife and I, you know, do more hot coffee, so we uh, and you know we're not wanting to brew a whole lot, so the Keurig or the Nespresso machine, you know, works out well for us in the in the, the winter time. In the summertime though, it's almost exclusively iced coffee. So mm-hmm. it's either we're making a pot or we're doing a French press of something and then putting that in the fridge and
3: so my, doing yeah, day after day. And somet-
0: sometimes we've even made coffee ice cubes. Mm-hmm. Have any of you ever done that? No. Make I've coffee done that. ice cubes? No. Yeah. That is the bomb. And here's why. Because as it the coffee it doesn't water down the coffee. So if you make coffee ice cubes and put those in your iced coffee oh my freaking goodness a good idea i never thought of that awesome it's awesome the only downside to it is there's not as much ice in your freezer (laughs) unless you have an ice maker you have an ice maker then it's not a problem but if you're like if you're like poor pastor padrone and you have to make all your own ice then you know and you only have so much that you can make because you want regular ice cubes for other things But coffee ice
2: cubes are great in the summertime. But an ice ball. You know, the coffee, sorry, coffee, ball. ice ball, coffee, we'll we'll ice go. ball. You know,
0: that would be my idea of Nirvana. <laughs> see, Mike. Coffee, <laughs> ice ball. See, that's, the, you see, that's what you do. You get like some old Forrester and put a coffee, ice ball. Yes.
2: In it. We should have done that tonight. Next I time wonder, we'll do that. I
0: wonder what that would be like.
2: We'll have to, we'll have to test that. I
0: wonder what that would be like. I'm serious. We, we're going to have to talk to Kendra. We're going to have to talk to the potion master and see if we can co-opt a few balls for freezing coffee. And then do something in a barrel strength, which benefits from that kind of a thing.
2: When they Why ma- are you giving me when, that one, when, <clears throat> when, ma- when, yeah. when the espresso machine is up and running and Pat is behind there working his tail off. Pat's going to make some balls. We will make some espresso <laughs> balls.
0: <laughs> we need some big yeah. balls of espresso, Pat. Ballsy espresso. Oh,
1: yeah. Balls of espresso. <laughs> balls, of espresso <laughs> balls of espresso
0: patio. <laughs> That's what we need, and a mm-hmm. pot of gold, <laughs> maybe some lucky charms.
3: See, my Keurig has a setting that I can—it's uh, over ice, which is nice. So I can just put a cup of ice there and then brew the brew the uh, coffee right on it. Does it make it, it, yeah, it stronger? You're just a rhyming man tonight, huh?
0: Does it make it stronger? It's a shot, not a lot. Yeah. Yep. Oh, or it doesn't—I don't think it over brews ice, it as, just
3: nice. Doesn't brew it as hot, you know. Mm-hmm. It's nice.
0: Mm. It's nice. nice Mike, over-ice. Mike, over-ice. Herg, Mike Herg has a, a button to make st- a stronger cup of coffee. Yes, mine does too. Yeah. Do you want it stronger? Mm. Yes. I always hit that. Mm-hmm. Why are you even asking me? Yes, I want it stronger. Okay. Um, let's do a little bit of a uh, Pastor Pedro's cigar confessions, mm. which we might as well call pipe confessions tonight. Pipe confessions. Okay. Um. There is a different cadence to smoking a pipe versus smoking a cigar. And, and one, of the, one of the things I get, comments I get, especially from people who are more cigar smokers who are smoking a pipe, is my pipe gets really, really hot really quick. I get tongue bite, which is a sign that you're smoking too quick if your tongue is burning when you're smoking. Mm-hmm. And here we are smoking a shag and this is a great example this this because the cut is so fine, it's really really important that you kind of sip it and not draw on it really deeply like you would a cigar. And um, you you will get a lot more out of your pipe and you will certainly get a lot more out of a shag cut blend like penny farthing or dark bird's eye or Kendall, Kentucky, or what other shag you might have, if you take gentle sips more often than just one big, long, deep drag, cigars tend to be more, oh, exhale, yeah, that's really good, whereas a pipe is more puff, 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 puff. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. if you take you know some gentle sips off the pipe especially with a blend like this you tend to get a lot more flavor out of it than if you really try and suck it all in it just gets really hot makes sense you trying it out
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you're right master my tongue's on fire (laughs) <laughs> um what's what's our uh final verdict here on the glp's penny farthing uh, and first first to the guys who are on the podcast well no let me let me change that what do you think about it this is your first time with it right yeah what do you think about penny farming
1: so obviously i can't speak to it two years ago right. but like as you know i love perique i love latakia so this is a really like well blended perique blend it's um I'm just so interested how it was so sweet in the beginning of it, then I had another bowl of it midway mm-hmm. through the show, and again, you know, the first, I'd say, quarter of an inch, it had that, like, calm sweetness to it, and then it transitions to that woody stone fruit spice, and then the drink kind of made that spice more of a black pepper spice, and the stone fruit was still there, but it was mm-hmm. definitely put towards the background, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say this is a really, really nice Perique blend if someone likes a little bit of kick in their pipe tobacco. yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Paul, does it live up to your memory
2: of what this was? Yeah, it does. Again, uh, like I mentioned before, the the deep fruit, the tang, the citrus, the the smoky wood. uh, I'm getting a lot more of that smoky wood and spice or black pepper um, with the drink. I think the drink Mm. is just helping to enhance and pull that forward. Uh, The sweetness has really been pushed back a bit. Um, it's still tangy though, um, not as much citrus, but it's a tangy. It's like a tangy spice mm. um, with just a little bit of that that smoky wood flavor. But it's a fantastic tobacco. I, I'm so glad we decided to do this tonight because this was one of our favorites that year. And
0: how do you it, think the pairing was? Very good. Mm. I thought
2: it was really really good tonight. Mm. I thought that adding the old forest to the coffee, even though it was a, a little bit of a, a gamble. Um, paid I, off paid off yeah i really do i think actually i'm gonna say this is a home run i really do i think it's a fantastic period i think kendra needs to do something about this mm. i'm gonna to have to talk to her
0: dave yep. what do you think dave well i
3: i concur with paul uh i think it's definitely a home run i think i love the spice that it brings out yep. um it's just been enchanting
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have to agree i i I was, you know, we had no idea what we were getting into when we poured the old forcer into the coffee. And first sip we had, we were like, you know, this isn't half bad. And the the more I'm drinking it, the more I like it. Yep. It's, it's, it's really grown on me and to the point where I think I'm going to try and refill it for the cigar. <laughs> to be honest, I, 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 I want to try both. I, I, I think this would go great with the cigar we're going to have. All right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out and um, we'll see how that goes. But to me, I've I've had penny farthing, you know, throughout the the two years, um, w- which we originally reviewed it, and I um, haven't, but not straight through, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, tin here, tin there. But uh, I'm still really digging this stuff. Yeah, and it's still. <clears throat> I think at that same quality standard that we first had. And so I'm thinking this tobacco is still a home run. I think the pairing is great. I'm really enjoying it. It's a great, great time.
1: So there was no changes to tobacco over two years?
0: Well, that's where I can't tell you. you know, Over two years of time, do I really remember what it was originally like? my notes that I made of this tobacco from two years ago still fit it so I, I would Copy say paste. I would say yeah, yeah I'm still I'm st- those the notes that I originally wrote for this cigar two years ago uh and I'll, I'll I'll read those you you tell me whether or not you think this fits uh penny farthing is a rich and satisfying medium bodied virginia perique blend this fine Shag cut blend is a mix of bright red Virginia Perique, a bit of Kentucky fire cured. It packs and lights easily and burns fast because of the cut. There are notes of sweet hay and grass from the Virginias and plenty of spice from the Perique. The Kentucky brings some earthiness and hints of nuts here and there in a supportive role, but the Virginia and the parique are the major players. That's what I wrote two years ago. Yeah. Does that still fit this, do you think?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah.
0: yeah, So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, on the whole, you know, based on that, I'm still picking up those same things, and it's still very enjoyable. Uh, the, the pairing is downplaying a lot of the Virginia, mm-hmm. and bringing out more of the, the deeper notes of, of the nuts and the spice and the smokiness from the dark fire Kentucky and the Pareek. But I still think that that original explanation holds true. Mm. Would you agree, Pat?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: All right. Well, there you go. We're going to take a little break here, and Pat's going to be smoking some glasses for us. We're going to have some uh, Woodford Wheated. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm.
1: Straight Wheat.
0: Straight Wheat. And um, we're going to be smoking something new, which is the... uh, Sin Compromiso Paladin de Saka. When we come back, don't go anywhere. We good? Yep. All right, we good? We good. We're good? We're good. Okay, we're back, and Pat has gone poof. <laughs> I don't know where Pat went. Maybe if I rub the magic chair, Pat will come back. Who knows?
2: <laughs> and, maybe he w- and maybe he won't.
0: And maybe he won't. <laughs> okay, but uh, now we are doing the Sin Compromiso Paladin de Saca by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, this cigar features a Mexican San Andreas Negro wrapper, an Ecuadorian hybrid Habano binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It's a box-pressed Churchill at 7x50, and... Um, very very nice uh, size cigar here, and we are pairing what with this, Pat. Thank you for joining us.
1: Sorry, the Woodford Reserve straight weeded, and I smoked the glass.
0: Mm. Oh, that is really really good. I can't oh, wait yeah. to light this oh, up yeah, and see really what good. it is. Um, for me, you know, the you know, I I think the question I want us to be thinking about. I don't want us to answer it right away, but the question I want us to be thinking about ultimately is, you know, this is this is the... If Sin Compromiso was Steve Saka's top-of-the-line brand, mm-hmm. um, this is supposed to be the top of the top. This is the creme de la creme of the Sin Compromiso.
3: No compromise. <laughs> yep. No compromise.
0: Apparently, there was compromise because there's the Paladin but um that that's maybe a subject to bring up with steve himself the next time he's on the show but uh this is a dark decadent earthy cigar with lots of dark cocoa notes rich smoky cocoa and uh oak on the finish it is a i think a really 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 good cigar um the price point on this um, is twenty eight fifty. If you're in a state that has a tax on a cigar, it's going to be more than that. Um, but it, this is not, you know, S- Steve has said in the past to me that his Sin line is the kind of cigar that the Padron 1926 uh, smoker would be going for now if you hold even if you hold this up to that you know if you compare this to like a padrone 80th or a padrone 50th you know you're still <clears throat> spending less money but it's it's you know this is a uh, super premium cigar i guess that's how i would describe it and so you know one of the questions i want us thinking about in the back of our minds as we're smoking this is is this truly a super premium cigar and is it worth the price point that it is at okay um so you guys paul you've had a a chance to sip on this cigar for a little bit here yep and enjoy the pairing what are your uh first impressions
2: well the first impressions i have is initially i was expecting a little bit more of a pepper note Off the first few draws, and I did not get any. Mm -hmm. The sweetness was the first note I Mm -hmm. got. Uh, Specifically, a nice cocoa note, Mm -hmm. um, earthy, and I got a little bit of caramel too. Um, Very smooth, incredibly smooth. Mm -hmm. The retrohale, wow, really rich spice though. Mm -hmm. I really got a nice blast of spice off that, Uh, and a little bit more like a like Mm -hmm. a white pepper note, just the zing, and it just kind of just flowed right out. It was just Awesome, with the I really haven't had a chance to have the the pairing with a cigar. Give me one second.
0: Okay, there you go, Paul. one second. One second. Time's up, <laughs> 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 mm.
2: Definitely brings out a lot more of the sweetness, the cocoa notes for me. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the Woodford Weeded is that right? The Woodford yeah. Weeded um, is really really. Nice and smooth, a little bit of a just a little bit of a spice to it, but just incredibly smooth. Nice and nice flavor, um, and it brings out <clears throat> this this sweetness to me. That that nice cocoa note. Yep. Um, and still keep still retains a little bit of the earth, but that sweetness is just outstanding.
0: Pat, what about you? What are you uh, picking up? You agree with Paul? Or do you think he's just blowing smoke?
1: I, I agree with him, but you know it has like this nice rich sweet cocoa flavor it has like the savory earth note on the palate and then through the finish and the retrohale it has like when i first had it like i was telling you it has like this barbecue type flavor to it like this hickory wood it has like that kind of smokiness you get when you smoke a pipe to me and it that's why when i did the pairing i thought if i smoked like a nice smooth bourbon it would go really well with it Mm because it would complement that smoky note now that barbecue note came in i'd say halfway through the first third so we're not quite at that point yet but i mean i i was in love with the cigar <coughs> when it came out i mean mm. it's has pennsylvania Lajaro and the failure which is a difference from the coralline sin compromiso mm. and i love pennsylvania hero mm-hmm. that's why i like southern draw i'm drawn to southern draw just because that pennsylvania legero blends it just has like a nice rich spice mm-hmm. so.
2: there's one other cigar that has the pennsylvania hero the you know what's NFL, yes yep. which is a, a oh, phenomenal cigar. I love that cigar. I love that cigar too. It's a party in your mouth. It is.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh boy. Dave, do mm. you feel like you've uh, had enough time to talk about what you're tasting yet?
3: Um I'm not getting the uh this beautiful retrohale that Paul's getting. It's oh. been pretty just creamy to me. Um I'm getting a lot of uh a lot of earth. I mean, I'm getting a subtle sweetness through it. Um, but um, to me, actually, it's been, it's, uh, so far, a
0: little bland. A little bland? Mm. Do you have the rona or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but it
3: doesn't doesn't taste.
0: I oh. get a ton of flavor off of this, seriously.
1: Yeah. Too much smoke in the glass?
0: Lots of oh, yeah. lots of smooth, creamy, dark, rich, cocoa notes, and there's this oakiness on the finish. Like I said, it, it and, and it's amazing how that transitions like that. This deep oaky wood finish. It starts as the starts as the cocoa, and then that kind of fades into the oak. <clears throat> now, I'm not getting any kind of mesquite or anything like that yet. That comes, you you felt that that was a little bit later. It was like it?
1: yeah, it was at least you know. Is this
0: like the eighth of these you've had?
1: No, I've, this is my second one. Oh, I haven't second. had one since we tried it last week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was Pat, like Pat and I ago. both.
0: Pat and I both uh, dove in. We're both we're both pretty good soccer fans, and um, we felt that you know if if he was saying. This is great. This is actually the blend that I like to smoke. That I had made for me. We both thought, well, then it's 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 worth the worth the the laying out the money for it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we both
0: enjoyed it right off the bat. To
1: justify the price of it, he takes I don't know the exact number, but it's the top percentage of the sin compromiso crop to make the Paladin. It has the Pennsylvania Haro in it, and then like all the other sin compromisos. I don't know what the the proper term is for it, but it's it's um the wrapper, the San Andreas Negro wrapper, is based off of the Japanese fruit um farming technique where they prime the lower sections of the plant so the nutrients go to the top, and then that's where the San a wrapper comes from. It's so. called
2: Cultivo Tonto. Yep,
1: that's what it is. So, I, honestly, mistro.
2: who's who's really the mistro around here?
1: <laughs> What's uh? <laughs> Why is why is 1929? I so. maestro, you maestro. But I paid 1929. That was so big for cigars, Paulie.
0: You know what yeah. I'm looking at too. Looking at Dave.
2: That was the years of the depression, man. Down at don't, the I don't end. I remember those years.
0: <laughs> looking at Paul. Looking at looking at. Um, Pat, the okay, cigars are burning perfectly. Look at this. I mean, it's Look just at the ash on Paul's cigar. Beautiful. You're sucking that down like there's no tomorrow. Right?
2: I it, know, it, right? It really is a phenomenal cigar. I do have to admit, this is probably the best cigar I've had of his thus far.
0: Mm.
1: And you were being scrooge about it last week.
2: Well, again, there's a certain price point that I tend not to go over, but, mm. you know,
1: the way I look right. at it is, you look at Sin as, as you're referencing Padrone. I mean, like the 1964, yeah, 1964s are good, 1926s are good. But if you're a big Padrone smoker, then you would take that like 10 to 20 dollar leap from that core line and go to the Family Reserve. I think that's kind of the same idea. Well, the Family Reserve is at this price point. Yeah, it starts at twenty eight, goes up to like yeah, what, thirty yeah, something, no tax. Yeah.
0: So this is right. This is right there.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think if you're a sin compromiso fan, like that's kind of the same mm-hmm. idea as if you want to get the fuller body, you know, better crop product, then the sin compromiso paladin is going right. to be what you're going for.
0: Now, how does this compare mm-hmm. to other sin compromisos that you've had? Do you think that this is a step up, or how does it differentiate itself according to your palates?
2: I mean, I remember the uh, the number five and the number two. Those are the two that those I've, are my two favorite Those are the two that I've smoked before. I've only had them a, a few times, so the number five and the number two are the ones I had, and I I remember having more of a. That's why I was expecting a, a more of a black pepper note mm-hmm. of the initial few draws, uh, and I got that specifically off the number two. I don't I don't I did not get the black pepper note that I was expecting from this the, the sweet the sweetness the cocoa notes were the first notes to hit me um, but in the beginning of the number five and specifically the number two I got more of a black pepper note and then it settled down to more of an earthy cocoa flavored mm-hmm. cigar so uh, I, again I'm not sure how the, the Pennsylvania and Harrow is going to uh, if that's gonna kick in a little bit more as we get into it but uh, again that's That's the initial impression I got from this is it didn't have that pepper note that the other ones had.
0: Now, if you like the sweetness in the cigar, if you like those cocoa notes and the sweetness from it, try the coffee. Try it with the coffee because I just just took a sip of the coffee, took the cigar, and I really feel like it brings out the natural sweetness and deep cocoa notes of the cigar. What do you guys think?
2: I'm not quite getting the sweetness. I'm getting more earthy from the coffee.
1: Earthy from the coffee yep, for you? a lot more earth from the coffee. I think the coffee muted the sweetness for me, yep. actually.
2: Yep. Really? Yep. Good job, Dan. And Dan is not <laughs> just blowing smoke. Well, maybe because, again, we'll just, how much of the old forest did you add to your coffee?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I added up. <laughs> he added a a yeah. good finger. <laughs> okay,
2: that's so, ma- so, ma- so maybe so maybe so maybe the old forester is helping to bring out more of the sweetness the coffee because I didn't add as much to my coffee as you did yours. So the coffee is maybe like Pat said is muting the sweetness, bring out a little bit more earthy tones. So if you uh,
0: add more forester, forester for your coffee, to your coffee, you'll, you'll get more, you'll get more sweetness. sweetness off
2: the cigar. Yeah,
1: if you get a forester with a splash of coffee, then. Sweetness. Yeah, I get this
0: nice, dark, smoky, that smoky cocoa, that smoky, smoky, cof, that smoky cocoa flavors just get <laughs> totally brought out by the uh, freshly renewed coffee that I have. It's very, very good.
1: The one oh, thing I'll say wow. about it too is like the draw on the cigar is like right where I like it. Yeah, it's not too loose, but it's also like you don't have to really put a lot of force in the drawing. Yeah. Okay.
0: All
2: right. So I just got. I'm <clears throat> probably about a third of the way through, and I just got those hickory smoke notes that you got the yep. barbecue from the mm-hmm. re, from the retro hail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just from the retro hail, that was really cool. Mm. That was really really cool.
1: Now like I was telling Dan I've never had that in a cigar before. Yeah. This was the first time. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Now, um to me at at the price point that it's at 2850 without tax this is what i would call a you know certainly a super premium cigar and what i would call a special occasion cigar for most people this is not going to be what you smoke every day and i i I don't think that was saka's idea that he was going to be blending a cigar that everyone would go out and that they would have every morning or every night. This is a special cigar that you have for a special occasion. And um, there are a number of cigars out there that I would say that that's the way to, to uh, explain the cigar, especially at, at price point that it's at. If it's over 20, $25, it's a special occasion cigar or an occasional cigar. Um, what are some other cigars that you like to have for special occasions? Holidays, birthdays, anniversaries. Mm-hmm. If it's a wedding, if it's a birth of a baby, you like to, to have something. Or, you know, something great happens and you're like, man, I got to go celebrate this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a... You're not going to... You may, a Charter Oak may be your favorite everyday, you know, cigar for seven or eight bucks. If you're Dave, it's a La Aroma de Cuba Robusto. But if you really want to celebrate something, you'll go out and maybe you'll get this. But there are other cigars that are at that kind of price point that you you have in mind for special occasions. What are those for you?
2: The uh, Placencia mm-hmm. yeah. it's, and it's, and it's Lately, this past year, it's been a, uh, a toss-up between uh, the Maduro nester which is the box press toro mm-hmm. or the six stone natural the six i love that cigar i really really do that's a, that's we have
0: a, never reviewed that cigar on the show
2: well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to because we just got it back in again mm-hmm. and we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> probably be up by the time we want to do it but <laughs> either way <laughs> we'll figure out we'll, we'll line it up and we'll hopefully Get it right. Put it, you, right. it on our side now. Yeah. 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 We're
3: going to save a box for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that, 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 <coughs> in any event, in, the Placencia
2: Almaforte line is just phenomenal for me. I love that. It's it's a special occasion cigar. I only have it a couple of times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit higher than I would normally would want to spend for a cigar, but it's worth it. You know, Christmas time I had the, the uh, Almaforte uh, Nestor. I got the last two before we sold out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made sure I had that during the holidays. So that was a really, really – Phenomenal cigar for me. It's one of my favorites in the humidor.
0: What about you, Dave? Do you have any um, oh, yeah. super premiums totally. that you uh, like to save yeah. for holidays or special occasions?
3: Yeah. Paul, stole my thunder. Mine is the uh, the Alma Fuerte um, uh, Generation. That is my favorite. That is a cigar I smoke for my birthday and for Christmas or pretty much every Friday. Um, <laughs> here in Hooksett on Placentia Fridays. So, you yeah. know and the uh the natural 6-2 makes its way in there every once in a while because mm-hmm. that is just absolutely dreamy yep
0: <clears> pat <throat> how about yourself
1: so uh, i would say opus but i, would, uh, <laughs> oh, shit, opus. I won't <laughs> do i won't <laughs> do the opus just because it's obvious but opus. it's a tie between it depends what mood i'm in opus. but i would concur of them like opus. the placenta am a nester is definitely that's that a fantastic
0: the, the the toro
1: is amazing and then the Davidoff Late Hour is another one. Really? Yep. Or so just like a lot. I, I love Davidoff. It's the Late Hour. Um, shade is
0: Davidoff in general, or
1: yeah, Davidoff. But the the Late Hour or the uh, Winston Churchill. Um, natural is my favorite, but we don't carry that at Twins unfortunately. But mm. the Late Hour is also really good. The, the
2: Davidoff Yamasa is phenomenal. I, yeah, that's, we that's ran f-
1: out of the singles, and I, I'm yep. so mad. Because that's my favorite Davidoff. I had it once, and I loved it, but then we sold out of them. We haven't had them since. So yeah. I, oh, that's awesome. That's a great. <laughs> the cigar. Nicaragua
0: um, box press. That's Demo. also really that's, good. That's my favorite yeah. uh, Davidoff cigar. Um, for me, um, you know, I'm gonna go Byron and Anabay for my favorite, um, you know, cigars that are. Occasional, you know, when I come Thanksgiving, I, I, I want to find myself a, a, a Byron uh, white box poema. Um, that, that cigar is just phenomenal. Now, it's it's and again, it's 33 bucks before any state taxes are added to it. It's but it changes up half a dozen times as you smoke it. It's an amazing. Amazing cigar, and the uh, Atabe Duendes—that's the torpedo in the Atabey series. Um, so it's a more medium-bodied than most of the other Atabays are. It's a little bit more towards full strength, and it has a little bit more pepper to it. Which you know, I'm more of a full full-bodied smoker, so so that really appeals to me. Um, the Placencia Alma Fortes certainly make that list for me um a padrone um 1926 number 48 uh makes that for me the the um padrone 80th the figurado um that is one of the best padrones that's out there to me it it's mm. the quintessential padrone
3: for me it's a padrone uh, presidente maduro those are fantastic oh, yes. too
2: yeah, I love that one. That's mm-hmm. my favorite one because again, it's only, it's about halfway through the price point of Padron that we that we yep. have, yep. and it it's just hits phenomenal. Books. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, the true Toro. Yep. You got a good hour plus out of it, um, and it it has all the notes that I'm looking for from Padron. A nice cocoa mm-hmm. note, you know, nice gentle spice, just super smooth. Mm-hmm. It is just mm-hmm. that, as Danny says, it's a potty in your mouth.
1: Yeah. Going to the next third though, like getting the hickory barbecue yep. are you really yeah yep. are I you really too. i am too i think that's what that pennsylvania hair i haven't really gotten to now. the
0: next third yet so i'm i'm a little behind dave are you not there yet you you're not there it yet, is either? it
3: is getting stronger for me though thankfully mm-hmm. yeah
0: yep yep well let me ask you a question dave mm. dave yeah. let me ask mm. you a question <laughs> and and this is this, this is we're, we're switching topics a little bit um you know, we've had this um, the the Tonga earthquake, the Tonga, uh, Tonga, vo- Tonga. Uh, not Tatonka, totonka that's very different. Tonga Tonga, not Tatonka, but the Tonga uh, volcanic eruptions. and There was another one today, I understand. Um, and if you haven't heard, these this an underground volcano which has erupted over the last. Uh, several days um, over the the nation of Tonga, which is some islands in the uh, uh, Pacific, has been massive. The most violent uh, earthquake earthquakes, the most violent um, volcanic eruptions we've had in over three decades, have been going off. And um, you know, <clears throat> one of one of my questions, Dave, is is you know the these eruptions have sent ash and heat and everything you know 15 miles plus into the atmosphere it, it's amazing when you look at these eruptions from satellite images it looks like a nuclear bomb has gone
3: off mm-hmm. pretty much is although it totally dwarfs the nuclear bombs but yeah
0: you know but you know you know we've talked you know off off camera you know about how this might even affect winter patterns for this year. But, you know, you know, one of, one of the things I want to ask is, as, as that ash floats around and eventually, you know, goes around the earth, especially as it's apparently continuing to erupt, what might the impact be on tobacco growth over the next year, two years, well, three
3: years? That's a good question. It all depends on, on what happens with the ash in what areas it blankets. Because um, in, in that case, it'll cool down and create cloud coverage. So stuff that's shade grown would, you know, would, uh you know. Be
0: more would, shade grown? Well, they wouldn't have. Shadier. To, it wouldn't be shadier. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Instead all of the, the shady X, there'd be the shady <laughs> It all depends. By Drew Estate. <laughs> so
3: normal normal water that's being that's being heated is now not being heated. It's you know so I mean it can uh, a lot of the weather pa- weather patterns uh, occur because of what happens in the uh, in the ocean over the ocean like cloud coverage whatnot. Uh, so if you have something that's not usually there, there. Um, then you're going to have a change in weather patterns, and this thing is pumping it out. Um, so, you know, it's also adding a whole lot of um, uh, carbon carbon into the atmosphere. So, you know, uh, which at first uh, it'll it'll lower the temperature, which mm-hmm. you know people should be like, yay! But then it'll eventually. Well, I don't want
0: lower temperature this time of year. No. I want higher temperature this time of year. is well, there any it, chance it, you, of it being a higher temperature In this time pla- some
3: places it will be. In some places it will get colder. Like, uh, particularly around where it's at, it's going to get colder.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're not where it's at, so is it going to get warmer? I don't know. Don't know. Don't
3: about. know.
2: I'm not a meteorologist, but... Mm-hmm. Well, if it's truly a... a, a a natural occurrence, and volcanoes are. It's basically the Earth just letting go of whatever heat is built up, right? So if it, whether it's underground, underwater, or what, there's been a lot of. And trust me, in the last couple of years has been a lot of volcanic activity. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at we. I mean, the the Hawaiian well, Islands have seen. Let, it.
3: Let's let's start out by saying this: when when you know millions of years ago, when the uh, dinosaurs were were walking the Earth the The average temperature on the Earth was a lot, a lot hotter than it is now, and that my whole thing with uh, you know uh, climate change is the fact that that was natural for over a billion billions of years was how hot that was. So we're slowly getting back to that. So any anything that anybody can say that humanity is causing the Earth to get warmer is just absolute load of crap that we're just getting back to where we're supposed to be and it's going to get hotter so the uh, and this is just more proof of it coming out uh, with more than all, all the...
0: these sweaters Pat that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, <You're gonna>
3: have <laughs> every year they're finding more so reptiles in per- particular they, the, the average temperature the the higher the average temperature the bigger they grow and that's why they were huge back then, like mm-hmm. those huge giant snakes that could get stuck in a doorway today. You know, um, they're finding they're breaking records every single year, and uh, this ain't gonna help that.
0: <laughs> how is it not gonna help it? I mean, if the ash is blocking the sunlight, well, how, it's how gonna, is that gonna. It's gonna.
3: That? It's well. at it, first, it'll it'll cool, but then it'll it'll act like a greenhouse
0: because of the the. Depending on the,
3: the depending, on, depending on the CO2 in the atmosphere and how bad the ash coverage is. Yeah.
0: I mean, have you, Pat, have you seen the, the, the satellite images of this thing? I going haven't.
2: Off? It, it looks like an, uh, a hydrogen bomb went off. I mean, it, it was, I mean, this space When you look the, at the, the picture of space, shot, yeah, here's the, the Earth. It literally, all of a sudden this, it's like a mushroom cloud. <laughs> boom. <laughs> it's like. Yeah
0: quarter of the planet yeah it, it, look, it was goes huge. off it's it's amazing it's amazing and it's 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 even
3: more amazing because it just happens in seconds mm-hmm. and when you think about the t- that type of like energy energy dispersion like we haven't even we haven't even created anything that's been that anywhere near that powerful
2: you know can you imagine crazy. being a being a just a, a, an innocent you know fish boat <laughs> going by <laughs> just all of a sudden in like one second you're just Ev- eviscerated you know that, that that's that's crazy
0: i mean you know i i know that the uh the eruptions you know the the uh, the nation of uh, Tonga got its internet from underground cables that were you know along the floor those all got damaged from the explosion so they have no real contact with the Outside world anymore
3: and well, then thank God for Elon Musk who's put up the Starlink because that's exactly why he did that Was so that everybody in the no matter where you are globally would have internet I don't know if he flipped the switch on that or if he can or mm-hmm. what's going on, but that was the point is because Putting stuff in the ground is only so good It's only short-term
0: Yeah with with explosions like that but it's you know just amazing you know i we have no real idea yet on how people were affected you know on those islands i know some of those islands got really i mean you know one of the things that was amazing about that is that you know this is in the middle of the of the pacific and yet the boom was heard in alaska
2: mm-hmm. new zealand
0: the boom was heard in new zealand <laughs> and the ripples literally went all over the world. But I mean, there was, there were, there were waves in Peru that, you know, were knocking things out. And uh, so this has been a a massive global event um, that we've been experiencing. And, um, you know, here we are in New Hampshire. We, you know, it's, you know, we're in one of those parts of the, the country that, you know the biggest impact we've had is really the the satellite image, you know, versus everything else. But good grief, I hope everybody's okay, and mm-hmm. um, and all that. It's been it's been some massive, massive stuff. Um, all right, so m- most of us are at least a third through, or yep. halfway through
2: if we're yep. like
0: Paul. Who's like sucking on this cigar like there's no tomorrow?
2: This is fantastic.
0: Thinking that there's gonna be a volcanic eruption that's gonna blow up <laughs> the face of the earth. <clears throat> you know. Is it worth it? Is this cigar worth the price point it's at? At twenty eight fifty. Is that you know most sin compromisos are ten dollars less a stick than this? Is this worth basically increasing the price by half in order to enjoy the cigar?
1: Hmm. I would say yes. Why would you say yes? First, the vitola. It's like uh, I think it's a seven by fifty, which it's, there is not. It's a Churchill. <clears throat> Oh yeah, it's a classic
0: Churchill. classic Churchill. There is no classic Churchill in the in
1: the line. So unique size, and I enjoyed the size. <clears throat> unique
0: size, yes, but it's still.
1: Well, it's I'm um, factoring it all in. Dan. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, the Sincompromisos I've smoked, it's like a fifty-fifty whether it's the draw I like or not. I typically, it's like a sipping cigar. It's it's a little bit tighter than I like. This one, both samples I've had, have been right, you know, where I want it. And I, I, you know, you were speaking of Byron, how it has like six different transitions. To me, this cigar has six different transitions. Like you have the, you know, like the first, you know, two inches of the first third, you get that barbecue hickory. As you go to the second third, that spice kind of kicks up a little bit. It gets more of like a deep woody note. And then the last third that I had was like black pepper, a little bit of baking spice. So you I had to say the it once. Word the I said minute. it. So I, I think the cigar for $28 and it, ha- it can compete against like the Padrones, the Placentias, you know, I-, I think it's, if you're a Sin Compromiso smoker, this is 100% worth 10 bucks extra. Not an everyday smoke. Sure. Not that the Sin Compromiso line is an everyday smoke. It's still pretty expensive, comparatively, right. but. Right. You know, I think if you want to treat yourself, it definitely is gonna, if you take your time with it and think about it, it's, it's gonna give you the bang for your buck, so.
0: Paul, what do you think?
2: Uh, I want to say it's not worth it, only from the viewpoint that it is smoking very quickly. Again, you think it's me. <laughs> I, I know I am kind of maybe going at it a little bit more than you guys are, but I, I will say this. Um, if I'm going to spend twenty-eight fifty, I want this to last at least an hour. And what we've been smoking, what, maybe 30, 25 minutes maybe, 30 minutes? Yeah. Okay, so I'm already probably past the halfway mark. Um, it's a very good cigar. It really, really is. I enjoy it. I love that earthy cocoa notes and that hickory barbecue I get on the retrohale and uh, the Pennsylvania lajaro that he uses. Very, very flavorful. Um, but the fact that this won't last an hour, um, where it, the placentia doesn't matter if it's the Nestor or the Sixto Natural or any of the any of the Yeah, you're getting lines, like two hours huh? You're going to get at least an hour and a half out of that. And... Uh, that's almost $10 less, say about $8 less. So I'm going to say as much as I'm enjoying the cigar, it's not worth the price point. Dave? Um,
3: I'm going to mirror Paul with that. For me, it's like I I think this is a great uh, cigar. I think uh, I've enjoyed the transitions. To me, it started out a little bland. I'm finally getting the flavor from it. Uh, but still I, I don't David. think that's a problem with the cigar, Dave. <laughs> but uh, that's if you're not getting flavor,
0: it's not a problem with the cigar. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> but
3: you know, I I just I instantly get that burst of cocoa from from uh, the placencias, and I uh, you know it's like I don't want to get to to the bottom half of the cigar to start enjoying it. You know, uh, so for me, it's it's not worth uh, the twenty eight fifty.
0: So it's gotten more enjoyable as you have smoked it.
2: Yes,
3: it's gotten more enjoyable as I smoked
2: He's it. He's finally getting so. the flavors that he has been looking for, but it took him halfway through to get it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. You're boogieing, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what do you think of that? What do you think these guys are? are subjective subjective
3: the so rod says that uh 7 by 50 should be uh an hour and a half for him what's comparable to a half hour to two-thirds the price
2: well rod you'd be spending 50 bucks on this if i'm not mistaken if you're <laughs> up in canada yeah <laughs> maybe more
0: <laughs> yeah this is a 50 dollars cigar for rod um you know I, I i think that this is worth the price um I think it's a big step up. I think if you're paying 28, 30, 35, 40 bucks for padrone 1926 or more cigars, I still think that this is, in that price point, you're getting that kind of flavor profile that you expect with that. Um, I think that uh, um, this has gone very well with the the coffee and the, the Woodford pairings that I've had here.
2: Yeah, it's going very well. I can't
0: decide which I like better, to be honest. Um, they To me, they've both been very enjoyable. But again, you know, coffee just goes with everything. It just, <laughs> and, and they both bring out different things in the cigar. Um, the coffee, I think, um, for me... You know, bring and again, <coughs> I put in about a finger of Woodford, so this three is fingers? this no, yeah, no not three fingers. just
3: lengthwise, you know, like <laughs> one of those, the yeah, other way, yeah. one of those, yeah. right there, the other one, of those. <laughs> one of those. I put in one of those,
0: it brings out the cocoa notes, and between the coffee and the Woodford, it's very nice. The, the Woodford, you know, does that to a certain extent, but it's still. You know, accentuates the uh, the spices of the cigar, which are very evident in the retro. Uh, I really enjoy them. Um, I think, are we all in agreement, though, that as far as Sin Compromiso goes, this is a, is this a step up from the regular Sin Compromiso, or is it not?
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. <clears throat> I, I, I would say this is the best cigar of his that I've had. Mm-hmm. I got. I haven't had the unicorn. Uh, I won't be. I've not it.
0: had the actual like one that's on sale, but I've had the chubby. I've had the chubby unicorn. <clears throat> I had and the unicorn. I I have enjoyed this more than the chubby, which I thought was real was
1: good.
2: Yeah,
1: I think it's pretty like I'd say it's it's not similar to the unicorn, but it has like those characteristics to it. Mm-hmm. I think paying, you know, like almost a third of the price for it, it's a lot better than unicorn. But oh yeah, I definitely yeah.
0: But even Steve would tell you, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, people are gonna want to buy a unicorn for hundred bucks. But you know, I'd rather you buy five meek readers. You know, if you want to smoke what I smoke, then then get one of these. You know, and there's gonna be people who want that. There's gonna be people who want to smoke what I smoke. And if you want to smoke what I smoke, then you're gonna pay twenty eight fifty. I mean, that's that's just how it is. That's how it goes. You know. Mm. You seem very downplayed
1: there, Pat. It was good. I thought I was sitting next to Steve for a second. For a second, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Only a second. Do we have uh, Steve up in the uh, photo over yep. there,
1: Dave? yeah, he is.
3: He's yep. like
0: hanging out there in the leaves. Very good. Yep, <clears throat> we have Steve up in the leaves over there. Hi, Steve. Um, so. What's the uh, final verdict here on the uh, Paladin?
2: I thought it was a very good cigar. I really enjoyed, like I said before, I enjoyed the earthy cocoa with that nice hickory barbecue on the retro hill. I was, I was expecting it to be a little bit more, like I mentioned, a little bit more of a black pepper note in the beginning. Mm. I was ex- actually expecting a lot more black pepper notes just because of the Lajero mm. the being used. Oh. but. I think it's just something that's supporting the notes on the on the retro hill, and maybe we'll feel it a little bit later, gentlemen, when we no. get up. But um, I thought it was a very flavorful, um, excellent construction, you know, spot on, never had to relight it.
0: Yeah, the construction has been top
2: notch. Yeah, it really has been.
0: Dave, what about you?
3: Um, mine just suddenly came alive. Like there's this hickory <laughs> barbecue, there's this black pepper. <laughs> two-thirds of the way down. Uh, two-thirds of the way down, and I'm just like, wow, this is like, I could smoke this all day, you know, and I, I just wish the first two thirds were like that. I mean, it, but this is just like if the whole cigar tasted like this right now, I wouldn't mind paying twenty eight fifty for it.
2: So you're changing your mind?
3: Well, no, I'm not, because it's like
2: right, I, had to, I had to, yeah.
3: I had to, had to smoke two thirds of it for so, it to taste so good you, to me. If,
2: if you made a robusto, yeah, you'd paid you'd be all right. But so half
3: good. a paladin, a <laughs> <So, laughs> <And> paladin <laughs> nub. There you go, Pat
1: yeah i mean I basically mirror what i just said i think it's well worth 28 dollars for my taste personally and it's the construction was perfect and i have to relight it that draw i was talking about right where i want it and like i said i've never had like hickory barbecue in a cigar before mm-hmm. so that alone makes it worth the price to me because i'm not had it mm-hmm. and i mean i smoke a pipe and i enjoy like those smoky hickory like you know bonfire type notes out of the pipe Mm -hmm. tobacco and you know you don't have to have a stilwell style to get pipe tobacco to cigar i guess so
0: yeah i guess yeah
1: so i definitely think it was really well especially if you like the sing compromiso i would definitely say you have to try this
0: um you guys want a would you rather question
1: yes yep do it up brother
0: all right would Mm. you rather dave Ooh. Find a rat in your kitchen, mm. or a roach in your bed. oh
3: we already do this one. I
0: feel like I'm <sighs> <nervous>. oh, <shoot. coughs> i do this
3: Ah, shoot. I, would, I would, I don't know. I, I think I. Wow. I just roaches give me out, man. I'd rather find a rat. You know, I feel like that's a, something you can be done with and 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 get it out. With the roaches, if there's one, there's. Billions of those suckers, <laughs> right behind it. Isn't you know? that true
0: with rats? Uh,
3: yeah, but I mean they're easier to kill. <laughs> <laughs> the Roaches are just freaking—they nuclear blast. They'll be around long after us. So yeah, I'm going with the dirty rat.
0: <laughs> long after the Tatonga. <laughs> <rest laughs>
2: long after <right>. Tatonga,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paul.
2: I'm I'm I've been used to trapping uh, mice every so often in my kitchen drawer, they seem to come up there maybe several times a year and I'm, I'm becoming very, very good at trapping them and getting rid of them. Uh, so a rat in the kitchen would be so much better than a roach in the bed, because even if you was just, the idea of even one being there, you're never gonna sleep well <laughs> gonna at sleep night, ever, again. ever. Oh, yeah, And yeah, got to bed, so if true. Nicole ever found one, she would just <clears> get rid of everything in that bed bedroom and yep. start over. There's no way that would that would fly. She the rat in the kitchen. Pat rat in the kitchen.
1: Rat in the kitchen. It's just it's more intrusive. It's if it's in my bed, so well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm no. gonna
0: have to agree. It's it's the rat in the kitchen. I'd much rather find a rat in the kitchen. Dirty rat. Oh, if I found a roach in my bed, I don't know that I'd ever sleep again. It's just it. Because of what they've said you know you're always gonna be feeling for it
2: yep you know yeah. any movement in that bed would just cause you to
0: yeah yeah
2: jump up and
0: you know your wife's your wife's toe <laughs> touches you and you're like ah crap
2: oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke, we're going to be joined by Orlando Cabrera. Ooh. Yes, that Orlando Cabrera, the baseball legend and uh, cigar aficionado, big friend of Twins, big friend of this uh, podcast is going to mm-hmm. be on the show with us. And we are pumped that he's going to be here.
3: What's that, his third time, fourth time?
0: Yeah, something like that. And along with him, we're going to also have Sean Reiner. Oh.
3: <gasps> The man, the myth, the legend.
0: Who is the general manager of Twins. One of Twins' very behind-the-scenes, unsung heroes. Let me tell you, um, Sean is very excited to be able to have a chance to be on a podcast quizzing his buddy Orlando about his uh, (laughs) intrepid sports career, but... I don't think it's near, I don't think the passion is near as much as Orlando's talking to Sean about being the the behind-the-scenes guy at Twins. Mm. And Sean is one of Kirk Kendall's right-hand, he's his right-hand guy here at Twins. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the magic that we see happening at Twins is very much because of Sean. And Orlando is pumped to have you meet Sean, Sean Reiner, the guy behind Twins. And we're going to be smoking some special stuff from Orlando's own collection. He, he has his own special way of aging stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's going to be a real special treat. And he's also going to be bringing what we're smoking. And Sean's bringing what we're talking about. So I don't have to really do much next week. I'm really looking forward to it, too. Do you but for any, um, completely different reasons.
1: Do you have a standing desk for Sean here?
0: No, there's no standing <laughs> desk. If you guys are really skeeved out about Dave's gyrations in the, um, you know, uh, screen up there, wait till you see Sean sitting here at the table because he's not able to sit still either. This will be the longest I've ever seen him sit in one place, 90 minutes, than I've ever seen him do at work. I've never seen Sean spend 90 minutes in one place. Have you, Paul?
2: No, never. No. Nine minutes. No. No.
0: No, not 90 minutes.
2: Not even nine minutes. I'm saying nine minutes, no. Never. Good grief.
0: It's going to be a show you're going to want to be here for. Don't miss it. That's next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. We'll see you next week. Thanks, folks. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke.
1: Rolling with the top
0: down,